If this were a leap year, July 18th would be the 200th day of 2022. However, this Monday is in fact the 199th day of the year, and we are 532 days away from 2024, the next leap year. Are these numbers compelling, or are they a distraction from the beginning of this 409th installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement? Let's ask the Magic 8-Ball. I'm your host, Sean Tubbs. In today's installment, an update on the COVID-19 pandemic as local experts anticipate a future surge. The Virginia Department of Health is cautioning against swimming in the western tributaries of Lake Anna. The latest campaign finance numbers are in for Virginia's 5th Congressional District race. Storefront vacancies are up in the six commercial areas tracked by the city of Charlottesville. And some updates on infrastructure projects in Albemarle County. In today's first subscriber-supported public service announcement, have you thought about changing up your lawn to something more sustainable for pollinators and other creatures? The Piedmont Master Gardeners want you to know about a program called Healthy Virginia Lawns, which can assist you in your transition. The program is a joint venture of Virginia Cooperative Extension and the Virginia Department of Conservation and Recreation. If interested, the first step will be for a Piedmont Master Gardener to come for a visit for an assessment and soil tests. Healthy Virginia Lawns will give you a customized, science-based roadmap to a greener landscape that protects water quality, wildlife, and other resources along the way. Visit PiedmontMasterGardeners.org to learn more. On Friday, Governor Glenn Youngkin announced that the Virginia Department of Health has updated its guidance for children, teachers, and staff in educational and camp settings. Here's some of the updated guidance. This revised guidance outlines that quarantine is no longer routinely recommended for asymptomatic individuals after exposure to COVID-19 infected individuals. In general, masks are not routinely recommended in these settings, indoors or outdoors, except during isolation. The guidance continues a shift away to individual decisions related to the pandemic rather than mandates. The Federal Centers for Disease Control has a much more broad system of quarantine protocols, which can be reviewed in a link in the newsletter. Dr. Kosti Safri, Director of Hospital Epidemiology at the UVA Health System, said schools and daycare facilities should do what they can to improve spaces to reduce transmission, especially before the school year begins. Those include things like, you know, just understanding um, you know, whether there are more opportunities to improve uh, ventilation um, and, 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 and uh, those other um, in, you know, engineering type approaches towards reducing risk of transmission within, within schools. We, we know the virus is not going to go away. Today, the Virginia Department of Health reports a seven-day average of 2,930 new cases a day, and the seven-day percent positivity ratings for PCR tests is at 23%. This continues an upward trend that dates back to the spring, as newer strains became more prevalent. Dr. Sifri said the Omicron subvariant BA5 continues to spread, and he expects another surge in cases at some point in the near future. We've had um, new variants that have replaced previous variants. And now for most of 2022, what we've seen is that these variants 
are descendants or um, related to to um, the, the Omicron variant um, that it was um, called BA um, one. Dr. Sifri said reinfection is also becoming more likely and more common due to the new strains. That really um, helps us think about perhaps whom we should be um, um, trying to protect by by um, uh, revaccinating. The the challenge is that the um, COVID vaccines are based on the original strain um, of COVID, the original Wuhan strain of COVID, and the the protection from that or from um, previous infection is um, unfortunately not as robust for you know, general infection um, due to BA5 or some of these newer variants. Dr. Sifri said vaccination and previous infections do protect against serious outcomes, except perhaps for those who are immunocompromised. So the CDC guidance and, and our recommendations are, if you are in a high-risk group, then you should make sure that you're up to date um, with your COVID vaccine. Dr. Sifri noted that nearly half of the country is currently considered by the CDC as an area of high transmission. He recommends people wear masks, but acknowledged the political reality of America in the third year of the pandemic. We know that's um, not being done in many places around the country. Um, I just um, flew in from the West Coast um, earlier this week, and uh, masking is is really the exception to the rule on most airplanes and in a lot of airports right now. And um, I think that if you are in those situations um, and you're not wearing a mask, you should anticipate that you could be exposed to COVID. To find out if you are eligible for another vaccine dose, or to get vaccinated for the first time, visit vaccinatevirginia.gov to learn more. The Virginia Department of Health is asking people to avoid swimming in or contact with waters on the western side of Lake Anna and its tributaries due to the presence of a harmful algae bloom. Here's a section from a VDH update posted on Friday. Samples collected at six sites on the upper and middle Pamunkey branch, including Terry's Run, and the upper and middle North Anna branches, indicated a cyanobacteria bloom with cell concentrations at unsafe levels. The next update from BDH will be given sometime in the second week of August. Until then, BDH cautions people to not fish, swim, or let pets in bodies of water that smell bad, look discolored, or have visible foam or scum on the surface. For more on the topic across Virginia, visit www.swimhealthyva.com. There are 113 days until Election Day, and 59 days until the next time that candidates for the U.S. House of Representatives will have to file campaign finance reports. The most recent deadline was this past Friday for activity through June 30th. In the 5th District, Republican incumbent Bob Good has raised $848,271 in his re-election campaign for a second term, including $149,017 in transfers. Of the 679,372 in contributions, nearly 75% comes from individuals or entities who contributed $200 or more. About 11% came from political action committees. Good has spent $570,585 and had an ending cash balance of $328,023 on June 30th. 
Democratic challenger Joshua Throneberg of Charlottesville has raised $446,579 so far, including $50,000 in loans. Just under 77% of the $396,379 in contributions came from individuals or entities who gave $200 or more. So far, Throneberg has spent $320,531 and had $126,048 in cash on hand at the midway point of the year. For all of the details, read the quarterly reports in their entirety on the Federal Election Commission's website. There are links to each in the newsletter. You're listening to Charlottesville Community Engagement, and in today's second subscriber-supported shout-out, fueled through Patreon, have you been thinking of converting your fossil fuel appliances and furnaces into something that will help the community reduce its greenhouse gas emissions? Your local energy nonprofit, LEAP, has launched a new program to guide you through the steps toward electrifying your home. Thermalize Virginia will help you understand electrification and connect you with vetted contractors, get the work done, and help you find any rebates or discounts. Visit thermalizeva.org to learn more and to sign up. Two more stories today. Storefront vacancies are up in the six commercial areas tracked by the city of Charlottesville. That's according to the latest twice-a-year report put together by the Office of Economic Development. Here's an explanation from the report. This study examines only the ground-level retail storefronts at the six major shopping centers, so vacancies on the second floor and higher are not included. Not all vacant buildings are included in the vacancy rate provided in the report. Those six commercial areas include Barracks Road, the Downtown Mall, McIntyre Plaza, Preston Plaza, Seminole Square, and The Corner. There were 22 vacancies in January, and that has risen to 33 in July. That does not include storefronts that are under renovation and expecting a new tenant. When factored in as a percentage, the vacancy rate increased from 5.01% to 7.21%. The study also does not cover West Main Street, which has some buildings that have storefronts that have never been filled. The flats at West Village used to have a restaurant that closed before the pandemic, and one retail space required to be built due to the zoning has never been occupied. The Lark has seen two breweries come and go, but the second closed during the pandemic. A retail space on Roosevelt Brown Boulevard has never been occupied. The Standard has several retail spaces, and only one has been occupied. Another appears to be a storefront, but is actually an advertisement for a ghost kitchen. And finally today, every quarter, Albemarle County's Facilities and Environmental Services Department puts out an update of its activities. The latest is on the consent agenda for Wednesday's meeting of the Albemarle County Board of Supervisors. Here are some of the highlights. Construction got underway in June on over 2,000 feet of sidewalks to connect Albemarle High School to Greer Elementary School. Funding comes from a one-time Neighborhood Improvements Funding Initiative as well as the Safe Routes to School program. Replacement of 376 exterior windows at the county's office building on McIntyre Road is also underway. The windows all date back to the late 70s when the county bought the site from the city of Charlottesville. 
It's the former Lane High School, you know. This will reduce energy costs, and the report notes that electricity consumption in June was down 13% over the same month in 2021. The Federal Emergency Management Agency recently awarded Albemarle a $96,261 grant to study the potential for flooding in the 770-acre Branchlands watershed. This might take some years to complete. Design for an entrance road for the first phase of Biscuit Run is still ongoing, with negotiations continuing between county staff and the Virginia Department of Transportation. The first phase will consist of that road, restrooms, and a parking area. According to the report, completion of the first phase is now expected in September of 2023. Albemarle is considering using land proffered to the county as part of the Brook Hill development for many uses, including a relocation of the vehicle maintenance facility used by Albemarle Public Schools. Other uses might include a solid waste convenience center, such as the one that will soon get under construction in Keene. A feasibility study for the Brook Hill land should be ready in mid-August. The Southern Convenience Center is expected to be completed in December on a nearly $1.1 million budget. Completion of several sidewalk projects is expected in the coming weeks. Albemarle was successful in getting revenue-sharing funds from the Virginia Department of Transportation for sidewalks and improvements on Rio Road, Avon Street, and US 250 in Crozet. Here is a long section from that update. The Rio Road Sidewalk Improvement Project will connect the Stonehenge Residential Neighborhood to the John Warner Parkway and Rio Road Sidewalk System. The Avon Street Walkway Crosswalks Improvement Project will provide sidewalks on the east side from Swan Lake Drive to Mill Creek Drive and then to Kale Elementary School on the west side from Stony Creek Drive to Arden Drive. Just a note here, it's now Mountain View Elementary School. The US 250 West Crozet project will consist of the construction of sidewalk and crosswalks from Cory Farms to the Cloverlawn Commercial Area and Blue Ridge Shopping Center. There's a heck of a lot more in a link in the newsletter. And that's it for this Monday edition of Charlottesville Community Engagement number 409. Thank you very much for listening. And of course, as always, let me just let you know that music in this podcast comes from Vraki. You can purchase that album, Regret Everything, on Bandcamp. You can pay whatever you want. Pay him a hundred bucks. Pay him a lot of money because he deserves it for the quality music that makes this thing sing. I am Sean Tubbs, the host of this program. And of course, this is a program that is funded entirely by... People like yourself. There are plenty of ways for you to contribute, say, through a Substack subscription. The company Ting will match that in exchange uh, for you signing up for a paid subscription, as I think I just said. Um, there are other ways to do. You can support on Patreon. Lots of things to get to. I have to get on with the rest of my day and get on with the next installment of Charlottesville Community Engagement. Not sure when that will be. It might be Wednesday. It might be tomorrow. Another thing coming soon is, of course, the June property transactions. That is almost done, and I just have to finish it and complete it and get it out the door and to all of the paid subscribers. And then, of course, it will go out uh, to everybody else at a different time. I'm Sean Tubbs. As I said, thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Send this on to somebody else. Uh, what else do I got to say? What else do I say here? Uh, uh, stay safe. We used to do that one. Why don't I do that one anymore? Well, uh, stay however you are. Stay is a song by that woman with the glasses. Thank you very much and goodbye. What was her name? <laughs>